that worked out he's well. He's being technical right now. He's, he's doing the technical things. I mean, considering I am Tech Aiden and also Director Aiden, it is only fitting that I look at the technical aspects of the direction of a movie that we're going to talk fair. about. That's fair. Um, we we took a few weeks after we saw this movie to discuss it because we had other st- other stuff on the table. Yeah. I was going to say a different word, and I remember this is a family-friendly broadcast. Well done, I'm proud. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously the, the title of the stream tonight is Devotion and War in Cinema. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Considering I have a degree that discusses war and you have a degree that discusses cinema, this seemed an appropriate conversation to have. I would say so. Um, and, and especially just, like, it's... Hollywood has been just awful in the last five to ten years. Like, you know, with, I think... With, I, with exceptions that were with, notable, but rare. Exactly. I feel like... And, and maybe it's nostalgia from when we were little kids, but mm-hmm. I feel like movies were better in the 2000s. Um, less formulaic, and Devotion was, took me right back yeah. to, like, 2005. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice tangent away from, and I have to agree to some extent with Scorsese and his interpretation and expression of his disdain for the Marvel Cinematic Universe existing more like a theme park ride yeah. than what he referred to as cinema, which, don't get me wrong, they are fun movies, but I also haven't seen one in theaters since, uh, what's the one after Infinity War? Endgame? Endgame. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen one since then because I just haven't been interested in it. I saw the, I... uh, the most recent Spider-Man. That was the last Marvel movie I've seen in theaters. I can't remember. I don't think I saw that in theaters. It was good. Yeah. But it was also a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. And I feel like as far as superhero movies go, Spider-Man is typically, like, top tier. Oh, yeah. For, for Marvel, at least? Yeah, he's yeah. top of top the yeah. game. I think... Uh, Iron Man, in my opinion, is still the best Marvel movie. The original Iron Man. Oh, yeah. Hands down. 100%. But as far as consistency goes, I feel like the Spider-Man movies, the Tobey Maguire ones, the Andrew Garfield ones, and the Tom Holland ones are all awesome. I don't know why they keep hiring British actors, but it's fine. It is. uh, (laughs) I will say, I've had a lot of Iron Man 3 TikToks showing up in my TikTok page for some reason. It's a little demander in it, right? Yes. Yeah. And, like, I forgot... It's a pretty good movie. Yeah, all three Iron Man movies are good. And I, it really does remind you, and I think that Tarantino really just sucks at making a good point. Because um, his, his movies, movies would beg to differ. His movies always make a good point. Yes. He himself is, like, in, incapable of speaking without just coming across as a complete wad. I mean, what as, he, as someone... As two writers, you should know that, and like you're a little bit better considering you have experienced speaking is my job. Yes, exactly. Uh, for people whose speaking is not their job, but they are inherently writers and like people mm-hmm. with vision or whatever, you should know that oh, I, writing yeah. and rewriting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's just, I, I think what the point he he was trying to make could be very mm-hmm. well illustrated if you look at Iron Man, as opposed to maybe Captain America mm-hmm. or. Uh, 
God, for Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, I didn't even see that one. Me, me neither. Uh, you know, even even down to like Black Panther. Uh, mm. And I think what he was, I, I think Samuel L. Jackson made a good point in saying Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. Yeah. He is King Chala. Yeah. Um, at the same time, R.I.P. Maybe he's yeah. He had gone way too soon. And the fact that he kept filming those movies while the fact that he didn't tell anybody, cancer, yeah, yeah, it's like in, absolutely incredible. Um, you know what? What a legacy to leave. Yeah. But I think what you know the point that Tarantino was trying to make, I think, is look at Iron Man mm-hmm. as opposed to any of the other later movies. The script, yeah, it's the first one they came out with. The script's the same formula as basically every. Marvel intro movie for each superhero. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr., massive superstar. Like, genuine great actor, top of the list, like, one of the best actors in the game today. I think the reason that Iron Man hits so hard is that his performance carries what would otherwise be a B or C list movie. Yeah. Well, there's a reason superhero movies were so consistently cheesy and campy and b-list and you know not marvel yeah well i will say part of what it is is obviously his performance is fantastic Mm -hmm. but the story and the character work together in unison so that there is a large dichotomy between the innate like being of the character of Mm -hmm. tony stark versus the responsibility that he thus has to take on yeah so when you start out with somebody who really is kind of immature and doesn't really care Mm -hmm. and is just very sarcastic that's a fun character in and of itself. Yeah. But when you put them in a situation that requires them to inevitably end up changing to become more responsible, caring, mm-hmm. and warm-hearted, but still retain that level of sarcasm yeah. and narcissism, it's a really good dynamic. Mm-hmm. That but you need is a good a, actor to pull it off. You need a good actor, but unlike a lot of other characters, that gives you a very broad range and spectrum mm-hmm. with which to play, and you need a good actor to play yeah. that. But something like Thor where his not change he doesn't change well it changes a little bit but yeah. the thing is his character is so much smaller in scope mm-hmm. his character is brute kind of like single and dumb-minded yeah. and has to learn to uh, appreciate humanity but he's not really uh a, it's it's not a broad mm-hmm. range enough it's like okay that's that's a small scope character change whereas when you have somebody who is on a much larger spectrum, you have a lot more room to play. It's a bigger sandbox yeah. to build castles in. Anyway. Yeah. But the actor is very important. Oh, yeah. And I think that that's, that's what Hollywood has been losing lately. And you're seeing it... And I think that the, the point is being illustrated, though. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. If you made that movie without Tom Cruise, it would suck. Like, it would not be the same film. It would not have taken as it, many people to listen, the theaters. Would, would it have been good? Yeah. It yeah. would have been a fine movie. It would not have been the best-selling movie of however many years no. since Endgame came out. Yeah. It would not be up there with Endgame and Avatar and, like, all of those films because Tom Cruise was in it. Yes. And I think we're starting to see that come back. I think we're starting to see the craft of filmmaking come back. And it's doing it in a very serious sense with war movies. Mm-hmm. Like Maverick, like uh, most recently Devotion. Yeah, uh, because... even even before then, nineteen seventeen. Yeah. yeah, and this nineteen seventeen was great. Yeah, um, I love that movie. I uh, but what really struck me with Devotion wasn't the cinematography. It was beautiful. Cinematography was beautiful. Yes, it was. Story was solid. The dialogue was good. The 
skill of the actors involved was phenomenal. Yeah. Every single actor felt like they had their own personality. Every character felt like they had their own personality. The actors did not seem like they were just kind of there to play a role. No. And especially with the main cast, but even the supporting cast. Mm -hmm. Like, I will say, it is impossible to watch that movie and not be like, ah, that's Joe Jonas. (laughs) Yeah. But outside of him... Glenn Powell put on an amazing performance. Oh, extremely. John Major's amazing performance. Um, and it really placed you in the film. Yeah. It had that same level of visceral, like, you know, you're there as that D-Day scene in Saving Private Ryan. You know, which, of course, Saving Private Ryan was, like, a, a change the game in its own right, because n- nobody ever done that. Yeah. On camera. Um... But I think, you know, seeing... I, I really... I, I can't have enough praise for Devotion as a movie. Yeah. Um, we went into that theater expecting Top Gun in Korea. Yep. And what we walked away with was, oh my gosh, this is one of the best war movies of all time. Yeah. And it's barely even about the war. And it's a shame because I think, I think that hindered it. Because I think due to the fact that Glenn Powell's in both, mm-hmm. and due to the fact that it's another war plane movie, yeah. the... The marketing for the film was not ideal for what the movie actually was. Yeah, but I think that the marketing was about as as much as they could do to make people come see it. That's fair. It's Sometimes just... you gotta fib a little bit, you know, because here, yeah. here's the thing. In today's culture, if you make a movie and you're like, all right, guys, we're gonna go see a movie tonight, ready? It's about the Korean War. Huh? Okay, okay. It's about pilots in the Korean War. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, it's... You know, this is pretty cool, this is good. You know, it, it involves dogfights with fighter jets where Corsairs are the American planes. Oh, okay. And it's about racism. Everyone's walking out the door. <laughs> like, it... <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like a lot of the movie going on in this nowadays, especially in the culture that we have, would be more intrigued to see a movie that plays with race, especially as subtly and well as this one did. That's the thing, though. I think it would play very well with one crowd. Fair. And another crowd would absolutely refuse to see it if it was billed as a movie about racism in the Korean War. Fair. I mean, it, probably, I think... probably because they've been beaten over the head with movies about social justice for 10 years now. Yeah. I just think that the marketing taking us, uh, you know, making it seem a little bit more like Top Gun probably mm-hmm. hindered it because a lot of yeah, people I were probably that. like, it's just another Top Gun. True. But not. Why would I want to go see that? Yeah. Tom Cruise isn't even in it. Like, yeah. Know. I will say though, Glenn Powell is, you know, oh, he's a great actor. He's doing. I, I'm. I, I think he's he's on his way up to the top right now. He's yeah. He has been doing a phenomenal job. And what I thought was really interesting, I was expecting that he was basically going to be playing the same character. Yeah. In Devotion, that he plays in Top Gun, completely different. Not at all. Totally different character. Yeah. I uh, shows a ton of range. You know, a lot. A lot of people get typecast, and you know, maybe being you know the pilot movie guy is typecasting, but. He isn't, in Top Gun, he's, you know, he's the bully that needs to be humbled. Yeah. In Devotion, he's, you know, top of the class, like, great fighter pilot, does everything by the book and needs to learn how to, you know, work within the system. Yeah. Rather than, you know, working for the system. Yeah. And it's funny, because it's a really, 
We'll get into the plot without spoilers to some yeah. extent in a little bit, but uh, I also do want to highlight Jonathan Majors, who plays... Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the main character, but it is the main character of the story with which it happens. Yeah. Uh, and that is about... Let me just re- make sure I'm going to get the name right. Because um, it's based off of a true story. Uh, Glenn Powell plays a character named Tom Hudner, who is a real person. Yep. And it's about... That's the other thing about this one, is that unlike Top Gun, it's a, it's based on true story. Yes. Everybody in it is a real person that yep. existed. Yes. Uh, and the main the main real story within the story is about a pilot named Jesse Brown, who was the first black aviator uh, for an American military branch. Was he the first? Mm-hmm. That's, Jeez. that's the whole... Well, I didn't realize he was the first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why he was big. Um, and, I mean, it's a matter of historical record but i won't tell you what happens at the end of the movie yeah. for the sake of just the fact if you want to watch it uh i didn't know exactly what happened i knew yeah it was i didn't true story. i knew it was based off true story i did not yeah. know the fate of any character yeah it's so it's better if you don't know. yeah it's i i would recommend not looking up the story before you go to watch yeah. it it is very touching yes when you go in there like you know not knowing anything about any characters it's yep they did a very good job and it you don't it didn't feel formulaic at all. No. It felt like, you know... And a lot of people online, I was reading some reviews, a lot of people said they thought it was slow or anticlimactic. That's, I think, the Marvel effect, is everybody's expecting every movie that comes out to be, you know, some intense epic climax where yeah. there's a huge battle and, you know, there's there's these fights and people die and the good guys always win. When I think and that's, that's just not what the story is about well it's i think that speaks to the conditioning of audiences nowadays yeah. it's and i don't think that people would be quick to blame social media and things mm-hmm. like tiktok where short form content is you know designed for people with short attention spans but i think in reality it's more along the lines that things like subtlety and you know deeper stories like this they are not as entertaining as a Marvel movie. You have to, you, you're but, not, yeah, you go to see a Marvel movie, you're going to be entertained. You go to see this, you're going to think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this, this is an artful film about a really serious topic that is taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's not like hit you over the head, which is what you might expect. But it's like, and that's the thing that he and I said when we literally walked out of the theater, we were like, that might be the most the most nuanced take on race yeah. in a film we've ever seen. Uh, it was by far, I, that was the, the most important aspect of the movie for me, um, yeah. was the way this movie handles very real racism yeah. against somebody who beat all the odds yeah. to get where he was. Yeah. Like, uh, Jesse Brown, you know, the story about him is, yeah. the stuff they put him through, the stuff he dealt with, even from his own squadron, yeah. is insane yeah but at no point in the movie do you feel like you're being given a lecture yeah even when you're being given a lecture it, it, you just you do... like you are given a lecture at yes. one point through another character get, getting a lecture yeah it doesn't feel like you're being beaten over the head yeah. with it it's, it feels earned yeah it's not you know i'm a human being too it's this is what i deal with and this is how it makes me feel yeah it you know it's it is not a it doesn't feel like it was written by an HR department. Yeah, and it hits that much harder because it's it. You have seen all of that build up to that conversation, mm-hmm. and the way the conversation's handled, it just feels very realistic in the sense of this character has just kind of resigned to the point where it's like, this is what I have to. This is my life. Mm-hmm. 
and this is what I have to deal with. And you have to understand that. And the, the big crux of the film, and I think why it impacted us so much, is because the main character is white, but the best friend throughout the film and, and the side character is mm -hmm. black. And they don't put them at odds, as you would imagine a yeah. lot of films do, where the white character is automatically racist. No, the white character from the outset is very not racist. It's very not He's, racist. Like, makes an immediate attempt to yes. connect with Jesse. And it's very supportive and things like that. But it's his attempts to be supportive that then cause certain rifts. Yeah. And it's essentially for like for two guys who are not racist, who kind of are Speak in similar... Speak for yourself. Yeah, right? <laughs> but like, it's, it's informative for us as well, because like, you know, it, 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 we don't all go through experiences like this where, you know, you cause a problem unintentionally. But it, like vicariously, it's interesting because it's like, yeah, as much as you may think you're doing the right thing in a certain situation... Mm -hmm you don't have enough context to know whether yeah. that's really right. So the best thing you can do is just listen to what anyone else is saying mm -hmm. is, is going to help them the most and be respectful of that and do as they ask. And I think that was what was really an interesting and fresh take because yeah. it, was, it was about someone who wanted to help but didn't know how and then essentially had to be educated. It's yeah. like, there's really not much you can do, but do this. And it, it, and I think like the way that they handled it, not having it be, not putting it front and center, the the actual racism itself. Yeah. But the the way it made Jesse feel. Yeah. The way that it made his friends feel, things like that, where yeah. you know you you can it's it's just so common now that when there's a social topic, it's just on the nose. Yeah. And there's no, there's no nuance to it. There's no, you know, further explanation. It's just, this is wrong. And we're going to tell you it's wrong. Yeah. No, this, this very much put you in the position to be like, oh, that's what that's like. Yep. Got it. Because, yep. you know, we're, we're never going to experience 1950s racism towards no. black people. That's not going to happen. No. There's absolutely people who are prejudiced against white people, Asian people, black people, like, Every single race is probably going to experience some form of prejudice at some point in their lives. Yep. That's something, that specific one, we're never going to get. That puts you in their shoes. It puts you in the, you're in the seat, you're experiencing it. Yep. In the most empathetic way you can. Yeah. And I think that the the writing was just phenomenal. That it was, it was some of the best writing I've seen for a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, it was never the kind of thing where you felt like it was too much. Yeah. It was just good thing, bad thing, you know, very, very nuanced, very, very real. Yeah. That, you know, I, I think everybody wants to think of the 1950s that you had, you know, every white person hated every black person and every black person was just doing their best to try and, you know, just prove himself to white, like, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so this, Jesse doesn't feel like he has to prove anything to anybody. <laughs> he he's proven himself he knows what he's doing and he's confident and for him it's you know there there are scenes where uh you know you can tell that he's definitely a role model to some of the black sailors yeah and oh, that's that's explicitly there's a scene where that is explicitly yeah, stated the, the way he handles it is you know there's no there's no malcolm x style lecture or you know empowerment speech it's just humility and honor and integrity and i mean the, the movie's aptly named yeah like the the entire centerpiece is people who are devoted to one another and how that crosses sex race 
age, rank, you know, all these things. Because you see people who are m- much higher rank than Jesse. Jesse's an ensign. Yeah. You, know, you see people who are much higher rank than him who respect him who are horrible to him. You see people who are below him who respect him and are horrible to him. You see people yeah. who are female, male. You see people who are in his squad. Like, yeah. And there's good and bad. It, it's not black and white, ironically. Yeah. Um, the whole thing is just so phenomenally handled. And all while doing it in an utterly chaotic set. Yeah. I mean, it's... When they finally throw you into the ground war in Korea, you're you're like, oh. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're so used to Vietnam movies and World War II movies. And, you know, up into the 90s, you've got uh, Black Hawk Down. You've got, yep. um, you know, Hacksaw Ridge. And we're so used to movies taking place in these three specific eras. We've started to see World War One crop up with 1917 and The King's Man. And then um, uh, recently, I haven't watched the new one yet, but... All Quiet. All Quiet on the yeah. front. Yeah. Starting to see that pop up. The Korean War is referred to as America's Forgotten War yep. because it's just not talked about yep. in most media. They throw you into the battle at Chosun Reservoir. And it is... You immediately realize, oh, this is this is World War Two all over again. Yeah. It, it wasn't the Americans rolling the... They're not the Vietnamese. The Americans rolling the Koreans. And it wasn't, you know, just like... It, it doesn't it doesn't show the Americans as particularly powerful. No. It shows us as being actually quite overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and you never once... That's the other thing that I think that they took from Top Gun. And I think it was smart. Mm-hmm. Top Gun never names. It, the original doesn't. And Maverick doesn't name the enemy. Yeah. Most movies do, especially historical ones. This names the enemy. You know it's the North Koreans and the Chinese. But you, I don't think there's one moment where you see a face. Nope. You don't see the face of any of the Chinese soldiers. The closest moment you see is when, on the first battle run that they do along the river, uh, there's an anti-aircraft gun mounted to the back of a truck that backs up towards the river. And you see that there are three men operating it. Yeah. But the focus is on the end of the barrel, so all three of their faces are out of focus. Yep. So you can you can kind of make it out, but at no point do you see an actual face of an. You enemy. know they're Chinese, and that's about it. Yeah. Like, and you know they're Chinese because they're on the Chinese side of the river. Yes. So, I mean, just in in every way, the movie focused on all the right things, didn't make you feel like you were being preached to. Yeah. Regardless of political affiliation, it's not going to make you feel like you know. Like, this movie's not for you, which I think so many movies now, on, on both sides of that aisle, do. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's just really... It, I, I can't recommend it enough. But I, I think, you know, you you know more about the cinematography and, and all that. So if you want to discuss, like, I, I would guess that your favorite scene probably was the one along the river. Um... I'm just replaying certain elements of the movie within my head. And I think... I mean, my favorite shot, which goes against the advice of Roger Deakins, who, for those of you who may not know, he is, like, the most prominent cinematographer in Hollywood at this current time. He did this cinematography for uh, 1917. Uh, he's done a number number of different films. He's, like, he's huge. If, if you look him up, you'll be like, oh, my God, this makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the quotes that he is known for saying is that 
in great cinematography, you shouldn't have a film where you can say that was a great shot, because at least in his perspective, mm -hmm. every shot should be a great shot. Not even that. <laughs> it's that it should all be one cohesive thing, mm -hmm. where every shot should fit the context of the story, of the characters, of everything. It, it should all be like a quilt on a bed that you've handmade from different patches of things over your life. This is not his metaphor, it's mine. A fantastic quilt. It's funny right there. That's a, most people are like, that's his metaphor, not mine. Yeah. You're like, no, this is mine. I want credit. Well, I don't, well it's more, I don't want to misattribute something. Like, people are like, where did he talk about a quilt? It's like, sure, no, no, sure. Especially, well, especially because if it's a bad metaphor, then I'm yeah. not going to say, oh, yeah, it was his. No. Um, Why not? Yeah. Call some chaos. Come on, man. No, credit where credit's due. Uh, if I'm going to make a bad metaphor, I'm going to be, you know, <laughs> I think it's held accountable for it. was a good metaphor. Yeah, but, you know, it's like if you have a. Uh, quilt that's just like beautiful built off of a lot of different like navy blue things from your life and then you've got an emerald green one singular patch of that in there it's not uh directly contrary color so it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense in creation of you know mm -hmm. uh differentiation but it's also just a random color that's in there it doesn't it doesn't fit cohesively um and it's good to avoid that in a film that said, this film did have a lot of beautiful shots and a lot of shots that fit the film. But there was one in particular where uh, Jesse Brown and his wife are sitting on the beach before he's being deployed, and the camera then oh I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about the camera then moves forward and like tilts down uh, over the just like the small breaking waves at the end of the beach, and then it slowly transitions to the open ocean and then pans back up and you see an aircraft carrier. And it's just like, we were both sitting there yeah. in the theater. We were like, that was a great shot. Meanwhile, poor cat. Yeah. <laughs> Cat's on the other side of Aiden. Yeah. Like, she's just like. Yeah. She's, uh, she's very much a STEM person. And she can appreciate, you know, things, but she just doesn't care as much as we do. It's which is fine. Funny. It's fine. Yeah. It's um, nonetheless, uh... yeah, it was a very gorgeously shot film. I think my favorite scene or sequence the one that pops out to me, I think, might be before they're even in the Corsairs. Where they're, when they're in the Wildcats, mm -hmm. and they're flying together for the first time. Mm -hmm. And Jesse's just kind of taking him around. Yeah. And it's, it's a great... There's minimal dialogue in it, and it's essentially just a great way to establish Jesse's not your usual pilot. Uh, he likes to push himself and he likes to push the people that he's around because mm -hmm. the subsequent scene, I'll say his favorite sequence because the subsequent scene that supports that with Jesse's explanation yeah. as to why he did what he did is pretty solid. It, it might seem a little formulaic to some because it's like, oh yeah, he's got to show he's different or whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, like I can understand that criticism. But I think within this film, that scene is a good catalyst for their relationship moving forward yep. in the sense that the whole movie is about uh, uh, Jesse Brown and his wingman and how his wingman can support him both in the air and out of the air. Mm -hmm. So it's a good nonverbal way to show new, new pairing of individuals that are eventually becoming friends that need to learn how to work together properly in a combat scenario and on the ground. Yeah, I... I had forgotten about the, uh, the water thing. There were a few points in that movie where I was like on the verge of tears. I'm not mm -hmm. gonna lie. Like oh, it, yeah. it, it's an emotional film. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it's, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other war movies that have really had me, like, that invested. Ah, wow. Definitely a little bit with Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, and Black Hawk Down. But I think it's really just those two that have ever been that intense for me. Uh, I think... To be clear, I haven't seen Full Metal Jacket. I think Gladiator for me. Gladiator's good. Got me, got me there. Um, to an extent. But that was more just like, you know, the the empathetic anger of a man who has lost everything. Yeah. And is now just, you know, it's the empathetic anger of like, you've lost everything and you just, you deserve this redemption for yourself. Right. But then the, the subsequent support from those who had nothing to gain yeah. and everything to lose from supporting him. Right. And I think that was fantastic. Yeah. Glad it, and that's... It's always interesting watching more recent war films as compared to... Or war films about more recent wars mm -hmm. versus medieval and ancient. And yep. it's interesting, first of all, the, the change in you know how much people are willing to like budge. The more recent yes. it is, the less willing people are to change things. Yep. Saving Private Ryan, well known for being extraordinarily realistic. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a true well, story, right? Uh, I don't believe so. No. Yeah. Uh, Black Hawk Down, same thing. You know, I, I remember seeing the the true story of Black Hawk Down on History Channel and the actual movie. Yeah. And how they were like, obviously they had to change slight things here and there for the sake of the narrative. Yeah. To make it a coherent film, but they stayed true to the essence of it. You know, they make a, they're very careful to not slander historical good guys. Yeah. Um, and even historical bad guys. They, mm -hmm. they make sure to, like, the reason they're bad is the reason they're bad. Yeah. You go back and you watch a movie like Gladiator. Uh, okay, actually, that was a pretty accurate portrayal of Commodus. Um, Commodus kind of did basically everything he did in that movie. Yeah. And he did die uh, in a wrestling match with his personal, uh, like, wrestling partner. Mm-hmm who was probably also his um, other kind of partner. Ah. They Bro! Don't, they don't, well, they don't, uh, they don't acknowledge that in, in the film. No, they do not. No. Um, I think that probably would have broken some people's brains. In 2000, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nobody was really aware of how gay Greece and Rome were. No. A lot of people also forget how, like, un-okay that was yeah. just as recently as 2000. Yeah, it's weird talking to people who are a little bit younger than us, like, mm -hmm. five, ten years younger. Yeah. There is a gap. Like, I, I, told, uh, I told someone recently, I can't remember who it was, um, but I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget that gay marriage was only legalized in 2015. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Pe you know, people who just, like, they're, they're so young that they don't remember. Yeah. That when we were in high school, that was, not only was that, like, recent, it was not popular. No. Uh, well, no. Like, well, people forget that, like, Brokeback Mountain, mm -hmm. when it came out in 2005, it wasn't just that it was a really good movie, it's that, like, people were protesting it. Yeah. Because it was, a, it was like, I don't, I don't want to say it's the first, but it was, like, in recent history, the most prominent portrayal in recent history prior to like 2015 yeah. and after that with um oh, like yeah the idea and stuff like that like a, yeah, the idea a movie a about gay two gay men character yeah not let alone two gay men but even a protagonist who's gay yeah was unthinkable yeah 
and now it's, you know, becoming very common. Yeah. Which, you know, is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Might as well have representation for everybody. Like, um, but it, yeah, it's, it's wild to think back to, you know, that was, that was not that long ago. We were, you and I would have been, what, 17, 16, 17 when that yes. happened? Yes. And people who are now 16, 17 do not remember. No, they were too young. That that was like that. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's kind of funny if you hop on like Call of Duty, your proximity chat and stuff, and there's, you never hear a, you, you always used to hear the 12 year olds. Yeah. You never hear the 12 year olds slurring at you anymore. No. Um, it's only the people who were 12 back in 2012. Yeah, exactly. Like it, the people who were 12 when the original Modern Warfare 2 came out, yeah. and then, then it's like, ah, you guys have PTSD as well. <laughs> Every, it's, everyone was, you know, banging your mom and yep. calling you the N-word. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah, it was a waste good old days. Uh, <clears throat> somebody did drop the hard R in a game the other night with us. That was... Really? Yeah, see, some people drop the hard R in Prox chat, and then there's me and the boys who are like, Tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we find people and we're like just singing Backstreet Boys yeah. to them, like <laughs> chaotic bad versus chaotic good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh boy, but yeah. So I mean, you look at these older movies, and uh, what was I thinking of? Um, right, there was a reason my mind was on homosexuality. Uh, if you watch, um, Braveheart, mm -hmm. for example, Edward. Longshank's son is absolutely displayed as this effeminate homosexual who like could never possibly leave the kingdom and yeah that was how he was portrayed yeah in a lot of you know literature but mm -hmm. you, you, stuff like that like just the the ways that people will go and just the the things they used to be saying about people yeah and the things that they feel comfortable saying about people from those time periods now that, of course you couldn't get away with what you got away with in the 90s now yeah but it's just, it's, there have been so many changes in, in everything, and we're very willing with very old stuff to have more gray characters and you know, deliberately evil characters and things. And more recent, it's, you know, they're less willing to do that. And I think that that's understandable, because these people might have living relatives who yeah. feel like suing you. Nobody's going to sue you because yeah. you slandered Edward Longshanks. Yeah, true. Um, in fact, if you slander Edward Longshanks, uh, I salute you. Dude was not a good person. You, do you want to explain why? Uh, he's responsible for what can only be described as war crimes against basically every single nationality in the British Isles who wasn't English. Oh. Scots, the Welsh, the Irish. Uh, he's responsible for something called the Statute of Rudlin, which made it illegal for Welsh people to speak Welsh. Ah. Anywhere but their own homes. Uh, Welsh people couldn't own land in England. So, as... He attempted genocides against at, against the Welsh and the Irish. Yeah. And if it were not for the fact that the Scots were kind of English, mm -hmm. he also would have done it to the Scots. Mm -hmm. Like, not a good dude. So, as a Welshman and an Irishman, we have a lot of reasons yes, to hate exactly. this man. exactly. Not Got a good it. guy. Uh, he, I don't think he was responsible for the Statute of Kilkenny. I think that was too late for him. I forget specifically who that was, but it was the same. It was modeled off of the Statute of Rutland. Uh, not a good guy did genuinely awful stuff. Also, somebody who film has portrayed as a good guy who wasn't, Henry V. Hmm. I refuse to watch The King because I just cannot, uh, I, I cannot give money 
I cannot give views to somebody who portrayed Henry V as a good guy. How did they portray him, and then what are the differentiations? He's like this heroic, you know, young king who managed to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat at Agincourt, mm -hmm. when in reality it was just muddy. Like, But why was he... What's wrong with him historically? That you he also with? tried to genocide the Welsh. Ah. Like, a lot of people in England really don't like Wales. No, they do not. Why? Well, I guess it's just their innate need to conquer... So the, the word Wales comes from the Old English word Welas, yeah. which means foreigner. <laughs> you, consider. Yeah. The Welsh are the natives. And the English came over and then called the Welsh foreigners. Yep. The, the Welsh word for Wales is company, which means the people. Yep. It means us. Yep. <laughs> they also called the island Preting. Which means the people. Yeah. <laughs> the Romans called it, uh, the Greeks called it Britanna, Britanni, um, Presinoi. The Romans called it Britannia, and then it became Britain. So to this day, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland is named after the original inhabitants, and the English refer to a country that exists in the modern world on the island that that culture originated as foreigners. Even <laughs> even the Americans had the wherewithal to be like, yeah, they're the natives. Like, yeah, they like, were here first. Like, what do we call the natives? Well, okay, to be fair, we did call them Indians for a while. True, because um, everybody was, was like, oh, it's Indian. The wrong continent. Never mind. Uh, but we do call them Native Americans now. That's yes. been one weird thing is how often I get, like, people on social media who are like, actually, it's called, it's First Nations. And I'm like, not here. You're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> like, Native American is a perfectly acceptable term in the United States right now. And it's as far as that, we're aware. Anyway. It's the one that I'm told is preferred, too. Yeah. Um, in Canada, they do First Nations. I don't go up there and tell them, actually, they're Native Canadians. No. Like, Screw you, Canada. Maybe be warmer. Maybe be warmer. Oh, they got, they got... Half your country is ice. They have Jared Kiso, so... True. Letterkenny is the best thing to come out of Canada. Ah, uh, is Letterkenny or is Shorzy the best? I consider it the same universe. The Letterkenny cinematic universe is the best thing to come out of Canada. I do love the fact that that statement can exist. <laughs> the Letterkenny cinematic yeah. universe? Yeah. I love Letterkenny. It's great. I, I think I do enjoy Shorzy more, though. Shorzy is good. It's a good, solid, solid show. Um... I like the character. I love Wayne, but I think I enjoy the character of Shorzy even more. Yeah, it is funny that for years they never showed his face. Yeah, and then they were like, "Yeah, we gotta make a show about him." Um, I just I love that like Kiso has such range where it's like Wayne is just this stoic, just like hurrying out, and then Shorzy's just like for what? <laughs> and just like he's extremely animated, and it's like I think he cries like four different times in the series of six episodes that the one season is. It's just it's great. I love it. Oh my god, I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess Ryan Reynolds as well. What about him? He exists and is Canadian. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. True? Fair. Fair. All right. All right, Ryan. I Ryan think... is in History Daddy, not Reynolds. I don't Fair. think Ryan Reynolds is watching the program. You never know. Yeah, true. Ryan Reynolds, if you're watching. Um, How you doing? Can't wait for the next Hi, I guess. Want to, want to buy one of our scripts? Um... Uh, please don't. Please, just, if you're here... You better not be pulling our chain about Hugh coming back. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. DC might be uh, pulling everybody's chain about Cavill coming back. 
I have words. Do you want to say them? That I shouldn't say. Say them. If I eventually potentially okay, want a career in Hollywood. Fair enough. Fair I enough. haven't decided if I do yet. <laughs> but just in case. Fair enough. I will not say the I mean, words. At this point, it looks like our career might be in Dollywood, so. Yeah. <laughs> We're not. You know, having read an article about Dolly Parton this morning, I'm all game. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm with it. Oh my gosh. I. Anyway, we were talking about war movies. Yes. <laughs> I will say, in terms of Devotion's uh, box office results, part of the disappointing. reason... Disappointing. Yeah, well, disappointing for me, not anywhere close to unexpected. What was the budget? The budget was 90. And what did it make? 17. Really? That's upsetting. That's why I was being so promotive uh, yeah. on social media, because I knew, based off of the film... And based off of what I figured the budget probably was, which I, I assumed plus or minus $20 million around $100 million, which is about right. It was $90 million budget. I knew it was never going to make that. Mm -hmm. Just purely because of the film that it was, yeah. people do not consider this worth going to see in a theater anymore. It's unfortunate because I think these are the types of movies that are worth seeing in a theater. Yeah, this thing is like, I, you don't need to see Marvel movies in a theater. No. This was a theater movie. Yeah. This was like an interstellar. Like, yeah. like it, it's 1917, uh, yeah. Dunkirk. Like, it's a movie that's best appreciated in this yeah. theatrical setting where you're sitting there in your chair, you got the surround sound, the big screen. Like, it, it needs that. Um, it, it's going to be good to watch. You're going to enjoy it if you watch it at home as well. But. Uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Norberto Rodriguez, uh, thank you for the super chat. Said we uh, we missed Warhorse. Warhorse was good. Warhorse mm -hmm. made me cry. I didn't see it. Oh, I totally forgot. No wonder why I love some of these movies. Uh, Prisoners, starring Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal in 2013. That was a Roger Deakins cinematography film. Um, he did Skyfall as well. Uh, Blade Runner 2049, which is that's a masterclass in filmmaking in general. I have not seen it. We I'm about to, to say something that's going to get me in a lot of trouble. I do not like Blade Runner. The original's not fantastic. I love I love Harrison Ford. Yes. I actually enjoyed Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Yeah. The book it's based off of. If you like the book... I did not care for the movie. If you like the book, and you appreciated the movie like... Uh, if you enjoyed the, the movie, motion, the... and you like the book... Uh, do, uh, yeah, Yeah. You will very much enjoy Blade Runner 2049. I'll watch 2049. I've seen the original. Um, it's much better than the I original. I think the original is better without all the voiceovers. Uh, Ridley Scott, it is. what were you thinking? That's a great question. It also, I will say, it does not help that Harrison Ford clearly did not want to be doing the voiceovers. That is which, which that is Harrison Ford's only flaw as an actor. Yeah. Is when he is not enthusiastic about something, it completely ruins the performance. Oh, absolutely. Except for Star Wars, he did solid in the original three. And then you go and you see the sequels and you're like, I see why he wanted to be killed off. He did yes. not want to be here. No. Well, here's the thing. Number one, you shouldn't have watched. I don't know who told you to watch that version. That's not the version you should watch. Number two. No, no, that we were watching in class. Got like, it. Yeah, that was a horrible We film. watched both. The one with and without the yeah. voiceover? Got it. Okay. It well, was the class on sci-fi literature. Got it. So, okay. like, there was... Yeah, I will say, Blade Runner 2049 is a really good story in and of itself. Um... I will happily watch it with you at some point. We can do a discussion on that in and of itself. But, uh, yeah, considering that Devotion was a film that had a $90 million budget and only pulled in $17 million at the box office, 
because of the way cinema has changed to the point where now it has become an event space of essentially amusement park rides, but visually, mm-hmm. I think it's sad but true to an extent. I do believe that we're going to start seeing less and less films that are not event blockbusters yeah. being in theaters. Which sucks. Yeah. Um, Horror movies will still it, exist yeah, because it makes that's you communal. Wonder, it makes you wonder, like, if Saving Private Ryan... Eh, Saving Private Ryan probably still would have because it had uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. But... And this goes back to what I was saying about star power. This is why star power is important. Because the fact of the matter is, if instead of starring Gwen Powell and Jonathan Majors, mm-hmm. if Devotion had starred Brad Pitt and Cuba Gooding Jr., yep. it probably would have made a lot more money. Yep. There was no way they were going to get those actors with a $90 million budget. But had they had that, I think that's where Tarantino was right about what he said. Yeah. I think if they had had somebody in there, because I'm I'm never going to go see a movie just because Chris Evans is in it. You give me a pitch for a movie that I might be half interested in, and then you tell me it's got, I, uh, God, who's who's a who's a really big name right now. Um, uh. Are we talking? You know, you? screw it. You, you, say, you're gonna give me a comedy movie that sounds eh. Yeah. But Ice Cube's in it. I'm gonna go see that movie. Fair. You uh, you give me a war movie and it's being led by uh, Mark Wahlberg, like uh, Lone Survivor. Mm. Probably, I probably would not have gone to see Lone Survivor in theaters if it didn't have Mark Wahlberg in it. That's fair. It's that kind of thing, you know. So I feel like it's gonna have to be some of these bigger name actors if who are gonna have to save cinema. It's amazing by being willing to do movies for less money, you know. I'm fascinated that Lone Survivor came out in 2013. I'm not fascinated that it came out in 2013. I'm also not fascinated that it uh, had a low budget because Mark Wahlberg does war movies, like true stories, for the sake of enshrining those people as heroes. Yeah, that, that Mark Wahlberg, like great dude. You know, I've, I've heard mixed things about his personality, like, you know, interpersonally. Yeah. But as far as, you know, the work he does, yeah. he's absolutely phenomenal guy. Supportive of, like, so many, like, firefighters, veterans, you know, just really, really solid guy. I, I will absolutely support movies when he's in them. Um, same goes for Jon Stewart, who I disagree with on just so many things that he says. Uh, but he's done a lot of amazing work for the, you know, the firefighters and police officers who were present on 9-11. Um, you know, that's the same kind of thing. I'm going to support what he does because I think that that's good, important work. But I think it's going to really fall on people who are doing things for the, 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 the love of the art. Yeah. To prevent Hollywood from kind of going, well, all the money's in this. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's, it could be your civic duty as a movie star to every five years commit to do a movie that's like, you know, about firefighters on 9-11. Yeah. Or a movie that is about, uh, you know, the, the, I don't know, like the Molly Pitchers in the Revolutionary War. Like, yeah. things where you can make a really interesting story, but the vast majority of people are going to need to see that name. Yeah. 
to bother with going. And I will say that the one upside to it is most of the big names are big names because they are good actors. Yeah. So like, Definitely. you know, it, it, it is a... There are very few like big name actors out there right now who are trash. Yeah. There are some I'm actors... I'm trying to think of something. I'm trying to think of one who is. Well, I was going to think, there are some actors who play versions of themselves yeah. versus some actors who like essentially Actually. disappear into a role. Yeah. Like, uh... Jared Leto needs to calm down. Yeah. Jared Leto needs to relax. Yes. <laughs> Daniel Day-Lewis, essentially, he could, like, his work is phenomenal. Daniel Day-Lewis could play Obama, and I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, his methods are a bit much yeah. at times, but he, his, I mean... The guy's amazing. Exactly. <laughs> like, the ends, the ends mostly justify the means at that point. Genuinely phenomenal actor. Yeah. But, like, I would say John Cena just plays variations of John Cena. Yeah. There's a place for that. There is. Especially with somebody when you're looking for, like, a physique like that. Yes. Like, uh, one, one actor who, <laughs> I have nothing against him as a person, but yeah. Dave Batista needs to stay in his lane. <laughs> I forget what, what the movie was, but there was something I read where Dave Batista wanted to play um, somebody who he absolutely was not going to be able to play. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, just calm down. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, I could, if I were to get into Hollywood, I would never accept a role as like a superhero because I'm 5'8", like 5'9", 5'8". Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just not going to work. We, you know? we, we were... Although Robert Downey Jr. is 5'8", so. Yeah. He just wore really big heels. He's also like in a suit. Yeah, he's he's in a robot suit that adds a few inches. Yep. So like, I guess that. You know. What well, did you did you ever see the BTS pictures of him on set during the Avengers movies? When he's tiny. No, when he's wearing the tall like the <laughs> heels in order to like be in the same room he's as these guys. Platform shoes. Yeah. It must be funny because like you know Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans and all those guys are huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah, and like the only other guy they have in the room who's not huge and playing a character is Mark Ruffalo. And he's the Hulk. Yep. Although Paul Paul Rudd, but he also changes shot size. Like the only way that you can get a short guy to play a superhero is if their power is changing size. Yeah. I would abuse that. <laughs> if I had the power to change size at will, I would be a menace. Yeah. Yeah. I like concerts. I would just grow. Yeah. And like if somebody was being mean behind me, like or like you know complaining about like you know. Not be able to see. I would just be like, <laughs> somebody's crowd surfing too much. They yeah. get right over top of me and shrink. What would be what would be the one? So I guess we can transition to question time, considering it's, yeah, it's almost uh, time for that. Um, what would be the the one superpower that if you could have, you would? Hmm. I think invisibility. Really? It just seems like the most useful how if i answer that question i'm gonna end up on a watch list <laughs> fair enough it'd be it'd be helpful for journalism yeah i didn't mine's easily flight yeah not not like wing style like full-on superman style like i want to be able to just like i just want to be able to go up and like hit like mach 4 and just 
fly around and oh god to be able to navigate the world in three-dimensional space with no limitations would be fantastic i want to be able to reveal national security secrets for the sake of the american public yeah we have different we have different goals that's yes. the thing here like the only problem is this is like i'd, I'd hope if i could p get a package deal i'd get like flight and invincibility so that way i could like accidentally run into a mountain and be fine or like fly to the moon and yeah just flight fly without there. invincibility is it's risky. To be clear, I said invisibility. Yes. Yeah, okay. No, clear. no, no. I was yeah. saying my own, yeah. I would absolutely make it my life's work to just, like, sneak into Bob Barr's house and, like, move everything a centimeter to the left. Who's Bob Barr? Uh, he's the guy who was Attorney General under Trump, but I'm not mad at him oh. about that. I'm mad at him about Ruby Ridge and then Waco. Fair. Just every day he'd come home and, like, everything would just be slightly off. He would stub toes for the rest of his life. Yeah, or just, like, start replacing pictures that are in picture frames with, like, salami. Or David Koresh. <laughs> the burned bodies of the women and children he massacred. Yep. Yeah, that, you know, that, that's that kind of thing. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway. In Minecraft, in case you're watching. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's scroll. Or I'd, I, I would also appreciate being able to go and, like, uh, I don't know. I would just want to bother people, I think. I don't know what that says. I don't want to hurt anybody, but I do just want to kind of, like, slightly inconvenience bad people. So you're, ne you're chaotic neutral, essentially. Yeah. I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. You just want to, like, when, you know, someone's trying to sleep. Yeah. Just, just like, be invisible. Just. Yeah. Exactly. Like. They'd be like, what is that? Yeah, getting freaked out a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Sneak into, like, Buckingham Palace and, I don't know, like, Draw pour water on the King's... King Charles' bed or something yep. and make him feed himself. Just consistently do that a few times a week yeah. to make him believe he's having bladder trouble. And he can't <laughs> tell anybody because he's the king. <laughs> Oh, that's and then I'd go do it to the Pope, too. Yeah. And then I would send letters to each of them, ostensibly from the other. That's like, hey, I'm also incontinent. <laughs> and then start a whole rumor that the Pope and the King are both incapable of controlling their bladders. Yeah. How can they control entire sects of, you know, monarchy and... I was going to say oligarchical rule, um, but... Uh, replace every portrait in Xi Jinping's home with Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Uh, let's see. Um, that picture of Putin where he's on the horse. Mm -hmm. uh, Photoshop okay. it so he's got huge honking knockers. And then replace all of the pictures in his house with that. Yeah. I thought you were going to do the bear one, but... No. Yeah. Um, I'd probably just murder Kim Jong-un, I'm not going to lie. I don't think anybody would have a problem. I don't think anybody would have a problem with that. No. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Google, am I allowed to, like, suggest we kill dictators? Is that okay? I think technically under the First Amendment, no. Well, the First Amendment... Well, you're not inciting really anybody to, to do it. Google. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Not inciting anybody to do it. Exactly. You're just saying you want to. Which is just... In Minecraft. In Minecraft. Precisely. In RuneScape, for example. <laughs> In CSGO. 
Uh, well, we no, I questions. think my power would be invinci- my, my power would be invincibility. Yeah. And I would challenge the leader of Mexican drug cartels to a cocaine off. I can't die. <laughs> I love how creative you are with these ideas, too. <laughs> like, that's fantastic. Who can do the most cocaine? Yep. Whoever doesn't die wins and gets the cartel. And they try and, like, mix... Well, I was going to yeah. say mixing gasoline, but that's, like, how you make cocaine. Yeah. So... And, like, once I got control of the cartel, I wouldn't use it for evil, you know? No. I would, like, I don't know, like, have them make trinkets, keychains. We'd give proceeds to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And it's just going to work because they know that you can't be killed, but you can kill them. Mm -hmm. What are they going to do, trap me? They could. Yeah, true. That would be a terrible, that would be a fate worse than death. Yeah. Yeah. Can never die, but you're stuck in a prison cell? I challenge the guard to a cocaine off. <laughs> what? Why? Let's go back to cocaine. Cocaine. Dude, um, I was at the bar last night, and there were two dudes who were out of their minds on Adderall. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I was like, this does not... Like, I don't do drugs. This does not seem like a fun drug to do, though. Like, they just seemed so focused on the most minute things. I was like, this can't be fun. It depends. Some people, that is fun. It's, it's, when you don't have ADHD, it makes more sense. Yeah. When I, when I am under the influence of, like, alcohol, for example, um, I like that because I don't think as much. Yeah. I can't imagine doing a drug that makes me think more. Yeah. Like, that seems, no. Like, I do enough thinking as it is. I, I do so much thinking that my brain, like, freaks out. Yep. They have to be on drugs for it. Yeah. Like, prescribed ones. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. Anyway, anyway, super chats. <laughs> uh, History Daddy with the first one for two pounds says, Iron Man is, is the best Is that actually the first one? Yeah. Because sometimes it doesn't show all the way up. Uh, I believe so, yes. Because up here it's like back early. Or yeah, like we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You can always pull up the... If we're wrong, let us know. Right. If we're if this is not the first super chat, then somebody tell Correct. us and we'll this, go yes. look for it. Uh, Iron Man is the best superhero. This is factual. It's true. Wholeheartedly disagree. Uh, John Guido the he Fourth. Like Superman. I do. Uh, John Guido the Fourth for 1999 says, "Did you guys ever see everything everywhere all at once?" We have I, not. I did not. I, I didn't. I heard great things. Yeah, but I have not it. seen it. Scoop. True. I'm gonna scoop. Uh, Kel- <laughs> <laughs> Kel- <laughs> Kel- the official data for 999 says, "Iron Man three is some of the best depiction of post traumatic stress of the." And the effect on the person along with those around them in a way that I think was able to show that it is to those that don't have it. Yes, I yeah, fully agree. Uh, having, watched a, having watched a couple of those scenes again recently, I thought it was really fantastic the way they de- depicted that. Also, the relationship between Tony and Piper was really, yeah. like, solid. Like, his... Just his honesty and his willingness to be open with her, I think, was really fantastic and a very healthy way to show relationships when a lot of... A lot of film nowadays is focusing on how you can make as much conflict in a scene as possible. Missed. And I think it's I think it's great when you can bring in a healthy relationship to an extent like that. Um, I feel like we definitely missed something. Hang on. Let me check. I don't think we did. Yeah, it's sometimes the chat doesn't My, show yeah. everything properly, so what you gotta do is you go... Come on. Come on. 
Come on. This this is why we need like a a Jamie. Yeah. Um, Remember when I was gonna when I was gonna be a Jamie and then I became yeah. a co-host. <laughs> uh, that's not it. Supers. See y'all. Okay. Oh yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. Wow. There we go. All right. Well, now we know. Um, uh, Mr. Warhorse, good movie. We addressed that one. Uh, also forgot Jarhead. I don't know what Jarhead is. Nor do I. Um, I will have to look it up. Uh, Pixel Music for five British pounds mm -hmm. said, I talked to a friend about the ability to send chat shop apart from... I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I talked to a friend about how the ability to send sets us apart from animals without free will. It felt really nice when uh, he saw merit in what I said. Oh, that's good. I love I love hearing theological successes. I think that's interesting. What? Do Do you think Archie is capable of sinning? Does Archie not have free will? He doesn't have brain cells. But does he not have free will? I don't know. Archie, do you have free will? Are you asleep? Yeah, he's not. He is, he just now. he just twitched. He's asleep. Yeah, he is very much asleep. Oh. What a boy! Is that is that canonical? Is are are I would imagine animals have free will. Uh it's a different kind of free will, I suppose. It's like sentience, I think, is really the the gap here. Yeah. Like if chimps uh, started to like talk, I, I think we'd have to tell them about Jesus. Well, I think that as a Christian, that would be my duty. Well, you know that they know sign language, right? Yeah, but I don't think they have. That's more of like a communicating basic wants and needs not high level thoughts right orangutans are supposed to be incredibly intelligent like they can have actual all right conversations. well now we've got to go proselytize the orangutans <laughs> so thanks for that also um now now we're starting a new religious war where the christians and the muslims are going to be fighting over who gets to have the monkeys stop it no I was gonna give the a disclaimer. The orangutan. There we go. I was gonna give a disclaimer. This the the, the actual animals. <sighs> we're gonna get us taken off the air. We need to be careful. Okay. I I understand. I know. People will take anything out of context. Yeah, no mom millennials sitting here watching my videos. Like, what can I get him on? Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking out for you. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, You're the one who keeps doing racism. I talk. Aliens! I was talking about aliens from space! <laughs> Norbert Rodriguez Jr. $5. What I like about Warhorse is the humanity of all the characters and the portrayal of the Germans not being evil, just human. Yeah, I think that that's, that's an important thing that World War I movies have done to uh, be distinct from World War II. World War II movies, you kind of can just paint all the Germans as bad guys. Uh, World War One was not a race issue. No. It, it was a a nationality issue. Um, you know, it was a system of alliances. It was economics. It, you know, there there were no good guys and no bad guys in World War One. Just like there were no good guys and bad guys in the Napoleonic Wars. Yeah. Um, there was a very obvious good guy bad guy situation in the American Revolution, as we all know. Yes. Um, that was the most and the War of eighteen twelve. Humanity. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I will uh, say, though, it brings up a good point, because I was actually just having this conversation with Kat in the food court at the outlets when we were shopping today. Mm -hmm. uh, the Milgram experiment that occurred in the 19... When was that? Is this the 
uh, experiment, like electrocute people experiment? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the Milgram experiment was an experiment where uh, individuals were brought in and they were essentially being told that they were uh, they were in charge of shocking an individual that was on another side of a wall. And it was to test them on knowledge about certain things. And every time that person got something wrong, they were told that they must increase the voltage and shock them. Now, the highest voltage on that meter was far beyond what could kill someone. And every time that someone got it wrong, they had to turn it up. They physically had to turn it up and shock them. And they continuously did this, and they could hear the responses of the person on the other side. So that's when they knew they, whether or not they got something right or wrong. And as they increased the voltage more and more, they could then hear the people on the other side of the wall pleading, begging to, for the person who was uh, you know, running the experiment to stop because they were in pain. It was hurting them. And oftentimes to the point where there was no further response because the voltage had exceeded the amount which would kill someone. Mm -hmm. The reason that these random individuals who were put in this situation would do these things is because they kept being told by a scientist in the room, you must continue the experiment. This is vital. The data is vital for the, mm -hmm. you know, the needs of the experiment. And the whole purpose of the Milgram experiment was to try and understand how normal German people could be made to do such horrid things to other civilians, yeah. essentially. And what it, what the theory proved was, given the presence of an overwhelming authority, even if it's just one individual who you look up to as someone who has some form of notoriety or authority above you at some extent, if you are in a situation where you are being told you are doing something for a greater good or for a good reason, for a scientific reason, this, that, or whatever, you then psychologically will pass along any guilt that you would feel from that action to the authority. Mm -hmm. And you are quite literally capable, normal human beings are capable of killing someone because they can pass off the blame. Yep. And so it's, it's a really fascinating thing because it, it, it really highlights that all humans are fallible, and which is something obviously yep. the Bible harps on as you know, we're all sinners. But it's important to remember that like, you have to be careful. Because in any given scenario, if you're not thinking about what's mm -hmm. happening, you could find yourself in a situation where you're doing something that you normally would never do. Like all 1,714 1, ATF agents. There's only, there's only, there's 1, only 1,714 1, ATF agents. Yep. There's only 1,714 ATF agents. Do with that information what you will. And there's 350 million of you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... So, uh, yeah, just interesting concepts and interesting thoughts. How many Roombas do you think there are in the United States? Stop. <laughs> oh. I don't know if he's here, but if anybody has, has not yet rung the Wendigoon bell, <laughs> I think he might enjoy this conversation. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Milgram experiment, uh, kind of prophetic, really. Um... Ryan Whitcop says, I feel you could benefit from time manipulation. See, I, w I, I would be irresponsible about time manipulation. You know what I was thinking about today? Like, I would, I would affect the course of human events yeah. aggressively. I know. You know what I was thinking about today? You know how the, like, the current scientific theory mm -hmm. is that things cannot go past the speed of light in a vacuum? Mm -hmm. Obviously, the speed of light changes in different mediums. But in a vacuum, it has that set you know, speed, generally. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, yeah, space magic. Yes. 
And you know how the current theory is that the best way to be able to travel at a di or at a speed faster than the speed of light is to fold space. Is to fold space. Uh, yes. Take the empty and fold it in on itself. Yes, I was. That makes sense. I was. Thinking, I understand quantum physics. Well, I was thinking about this today. <laughs> if you did that, could make a space taco. Yes, but think about it for for instance. If you are actually physically taking all of space and shrinking it on itself, so that way you could go from one point to another very quickly, you would have to pull so much of matter together mm -hmm. so fast that if you didn't make a singularity then, when you made your little jump from one point to the other and then turned off the warp thing and everything sprung back to what it was, like, the, the absolute catastrophic toll on the solar system, galaxy, and universe that that could have let alone, like, you could create a literal supermassive black hole, mm -hmm. depending on the size or the, the amount of... Wasn't there, like, just an experiment where they ran a simulation on this and it worked? Like, in a computer? Yeah. It, I don't know if it worked, but they did do a simulation. Let me check. But I was just thinking, it was like... I am so out of my depth here. I can barely do algebra. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. But I was just thinking, it's like, the, the ramifications that are possible if you're bending... Or it really, in that case, like, you know, hyper-fixating, like, density in a small volume of space. Like, if it doesn't create a black hole by some magical capability, the snapback alone, it would be like... Well, it's. It, it, I feel like, in my mind, it was immediately... Yes. It was immediately the equivalent of a tsunami. You would essentially create a tsunami of stars. Yeah. Tsunami of Stars would be a sick band name. It would. Um, too bad we already have Pity for the Gord. Right. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, John Guido 4 said, uh, in regards to enjoying bugging people, I go to the cafe that's down the street from me and slowly push papers and menus off the counter while they take my order. They are all my friends. Good, good clarification, because I was about to yell at you. Um, Tommy used to come in to Poor Richard's and demand that I make him a sandwich, and there was nothing I could do to stop him because he would hand me $8. Wait, wait, what was this? Tommy would come into Poor Richard's yeah. and demand that I make him a sandwich and then pay me. So I had to make him a sandwich. Yeah. Because it was your job. It was my job. Yep. Yeah. Um, we need to go to Poor Richard's more. I say that, but we have Steel City literally like... Poor Richard's is better. Yeah, it is. Like, but you know who's got the best coffee? We do. Mount Pocono Perk from Tableau Roasting Co. Go to tableauroastingco.com and go to collaborations and order Mount Pocono Perk. You will not be disappointed. Do you, um, did we get any more of that recently? I have some coming. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Bobby. All right. Says turn the cartels into aggressive Bible salesmen. Mexicans uh, are very religious, to my understanding. They are. Yeah, they're very Christian. Very, very Catholic, I believe. Um, that might work. Probably. That might work. Also, that was not a stereotype, and it was not a bad thing either. It's just I know that Mexico is very Catholic. Yes. Um, okay, uh, PumpkinBear7 says, Power to bring anything from video games into IRL. Also, very, very easy to abuse. I would have a Pokemon so fast. What? I just, again, you walk in here, Archie's vibing with a Pikachu. Pika! <laughs> that'd be that'd be cute. I just I love that again the the destinations that your mind leaps to, 
fascinating. <laughs> of all the games, you wouldn't want a Pokemon? Oh, of course I would. I have a Charmander upstairs. Like, there's, I... no, there's like an actual life-size Charmander plushie upstairs. It's life-size? Yeah, it's a life-size. How do you know that? Yeah. It's a life-size uh, Charmander plushie. I'll go get it. I guess... Well, we get we did play a lot of non-overlapping games True. when we were young. Uh, I will continue to read. Uh, did you did you read the one from Bobby that said go watch Jarhead right now? Okay. Uh, Ryan Whitcup for two dollars says, "Parrots talk. Do we tell them about Jesus?" His answer was yeah, if you didn't hear it. Um, that Dexy guy for $5 says, Any legit cryptids in southern England? I figured I should make the best of being stationed here, and I can only drink so much. That's cute. Hang on, wait, I'm going to move this so that way. Yeah, just grab it. Click that. Okay. Yes. That is, that is adorable. <laughs> it's very soft. It's life-size. They have the real ones in Japan. The what? I don't know, these guys wander around the wilderness in Japan, I'm told. Apparently we need to make a trip to Japan. Uh, our, for, for size comparison, Aiden, our, our, it is the size of Archie. Love that. Are, are, are Pokemon technically cryptids? I don't know. Oh, calm down. Okay, there we go. Wonderful. <laughs> He's our own little Pokemon. Yeah. All right, I mean, he does kind of look like the uh, Eevee. I guess. I was never a big Pokemon kid. Ah, let's see. Yeah. Trying to curl your tail away so you're not. Uh, but yeah, any legit cryptids in southern England? Uh, the Woodwoes is one that gets mentioned a lot. I. Um. Woodwoes is the one of the wild men of the forest. Ryan, do you have a video on Woodwoes? I thought you said you did. Um. Oh, look at you! You're such a good boy. Uh, Pixel Music for five pounds says, Free will wasn't the best choice of words. I more meant higher level decision making yeah. in opposition to the way animals choose what they do. Yes, I agree. Fair. Yeah, that's, I think, I, that's kind of what I figured you meant. Simply put, we need a Gigantopithecus Pope. Uh, I will say this. This is an interesting point. Uh, Gamer says, My great-grandfather was in the German army during World War II, and I've always had to explain the difference between a, a Nazi and a German soldier. Yeah. There's a difference. A lot of them were just surviving. Yeah. Still still not great. No. But I, I do I do reserve judgment when people say that their grandparents or great-grandparents were German soldiers in World War II. There's yeah. a difference between an SS officer and, you know, some 18-year-old kid who joined the war to fight for his country. Yeah. Um, because the, the, there was not social media back then. It was, very, like, even our they parents' really, yeah, That's the other thing, too, is you have to remember that the only media Germans were consuming yeah. from, like, 1936 onwards was, was whatever propaganda wanted them to. Yeah. So, uh, you know. You, you couldn't know unless you'd actually seen something yourself or someone you yeah. trusted had witnessed or heard something or yeah. something along those lines. Like, now we are able to see everything around the world, but, like... I've had recent conversations with my parents where even things that happened in the 80s and 90s when they were in their, like, 20s and 30s, I'm watching, like, documentaries or movies or something that were based about that, like uh, Bhopal, mm. which was... Uh, there was a movie called Bhopal, A Prayer for Rain, which is about a chemical plant in India in the 80s, 
that uh, was very poorly managed and poorly run, and they had a chemical spill that was going into the atmosphere that killed over 10,000 people in 72 hours. Jeez. And my parents were like, how did we not hear about this? Like, this always... It doesn't just... It's not just stuck to that. Like, uh, the um, Gulf of Tonkin incident? Yeah. was totally fake. The U.S. faked it to get us into Vietnam. Mm. Yeah, like, the CIA just totally came up with it. Like, yeah. BS... Um, Propaganda is a lot harder. It's thought to do that now. the USS Maine may have been one of the earliest false flags in American history in 1899. Um, really? Yeah, 1898, 1899. Um, you were born. Uh, you know, you got to remember that the stuff you hear is not necessarily true. Yep. Even today, like I mean, and that goes for everywhere on the internet. Yeah. Um, Kel- here in China, it's definitely not true. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, Kelly official data for 499 said, look into the strip search hoax that happened in 2003 in Kentucky. That one completely happened over the phone. I'm going to have to look into that. We will. Uh, Pixel Music said, simply put, we need a yeah, giga... Yeah, that one. Gigantopithecus. Oh, Gigantopithecus Pope. Remind me what that is? Uh, it was a 10-foot tall primate. Ah, yes, right. Now that is ringing bells. Very gigant. Very big boy. Big boy. Uh, is we'll run with the big boys is for member for twelve months. Oh my god, happy oh one god. year! Happy one year. Um, said so tell Archie I miss him and give him scritches for me, pretty please. Also, Mattis, you can unalive any dictator you want in The Sims, and it's legal. Ah, well, ha ha. We found the cheat code. Ha ha. Uh, Archie's Ma- actually murdered several dictators. Yeah, he's a good little assassin. Yes, he is. Mostly with his breath. Yes. You could kill a small village with a wide open mouth. His breath smells so much like salmon right now. Which is my fault. I fed him salmon. Which keeps his coat silky soft. We do love salmon. Does it do that for humans as well? Uh, I I don't know. I'm sure salmon would be good for your hair. Anyway, uh, (laughs) Max Waters for 499 says, uh, Hey guys, haven't watched in a while, but I've been binge watching Supernatural because of you guys. Fantastic show. (laughs) That is the best thing we can hear. It's a great show. Fantastic. It is. I did the, uh, the I finally caved and did the AI art thing. Yep. And the first one it came out with was basically me as Dean Winchester. Yep. And I was like, all right. <laughs> yep. Fitting. Fair enough. Uh, Jermaine, yeah, that show has influenced both of us in our lives a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, Jermaine Henry for 499 says, Hey guys, I just finished binging all your podcasts, then I found you from Wendigoon's channel. I just wanted to say thanks for all the great content first live. Thank you. First of all, thanks for coming by. Uh, Wendigoon's a good friend of the show and a good friend of ours at this point, so we're glad that, uh, people who enjoy his content enjoy ours. Uh, welcome. Thanks for binging all the podcasts, and we hope you like the rest of the content that we have and that we will have coming soon. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Cakes for 499 says, I know I've asked before, but could we still get a vampire lore video for personal reasons? We, <laughs> we do plan on doing one at some point. Yeah, part of the issue, I started working on one a couple months ago. Uh, the issue was <laughs> vampires abroad <laughs> topic. Yeah. We're, we're going to need to break down vampires not just by continent, but by country. Yeah, that's fair. But what, if or at ever... the very least, like, the cultural region, because... Slavic vampires are different from Celtic vampires are different from Nordic vampires. We're going to have to do the same thing with dragons if we do that. Yeah. Have we? we no. I don't think we've done dragons. I don't think so. We've done a lot of videos. It's hard to keep track now. 
Um, Matt Bly for New Zealand $5 Ooh. says, first time being able to see some of the pod live. Welcome. Uh, have you guys looked into anything mm. to do with uh, Maori beliefs from New Zealand? Or, or Maori, Maori beliefs from New Zealand? Yeah. Maori. Maori. Maori? Right? Probably. I, uh, I, would, uh, I, like, I haven't, but I would, I would absolutely do that. Um, one of my favorite things about uh, the Mandalorian series and Boba Fett is uh, that it like the Boba Fett one specifically, they, uh, those wooden weapons that the, uh, sand people use, mm -hmm. those are based off of traditional Mary weapons. Oh, really? And Tamir Morrison, who's Mary, yep. makes one, like, in the oh, show. Really? Yeah, he makes his own. Oh, that's cool. Um, so he got it. Like, it was just a, it's a really cool, you know, cultural moment. Like, I, I love when you see Welsh and, Cal like, Irish and Italian stuff. Yeah. In, in TV and movies, and I can only imagine how like how fun that was. Not oh, just yeah. for him, but for all the Polynesians who got to like you know, because obviously Mary is one one of many Polynesian subcultures. Like you know, the same way that you got Germans and Austrians and like all these you know, they, yeah, they probably all felt represented by that. I would hope so. Um, yeah, you know, it's just very cool of Disney to actually do that. For once, Disney was cool. Uh, Public Bear from one of the nine said, I want an IRL Rapidash. Or is there a dog cryptid or... I mean, technically... A dog cryptid? Uh, well, the, the dog man. The adlet. The dog man. Yeah. Um, Chupacabra. The Mexican Chupacabra, not the Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican Chupacabra is reptilian. What were the... What about the Palmyra wolves? That, I fit in with dog man. Okay. Yeah. Lots uh, of anthropomorphic... Dog cryptids, Skinwalker technically. Uh, the Animagus from Harry Potter, I guess, might count. Um, there are definitely cryptids that are straight up dog based. I just can't think of any off the top of my head. Werewolf. Yeah, and then you've got the Kushtaka, which is an otter man. Mortlaka, you're good. Yeah. I think it's actually Kushtaka. I was, I was told. Ah, I've been pronouncing it wrong. It happens. Uh, Uno Mas from Norberto Rodrigo Jr. Uh, honestly, I, that was an unintentional uh, Spanish transition. I, I did not realize that. that. Anyway, um, $5. The Spanish transition sounds like an indie film. About like <laughs> about the about transgenderism or something. Oh. Like, I don't know. Like this, you know, yeah. Oh, I thought I, it sounded to me more like the Inquisition. But... Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, sorry to ask, but when is the next Weird Bible podcast to make note on my schedule? Don't want to miss I it. I believe next Thursday. Cool. I'm I excited. Think. I think. Unless it's this Thursday. We'll get back to you. It's either this Thursday or next Thursday, but I know Isaiah's currently shooting a movie. Yes. So. Battle Los Angeles? What? <laughs> <laughs> I love... Battle Los Angeles is a great movie. It was ridiculous. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen the full thing. You know what was a weird movie? District 9. It weird was. alien movie. It was. I know it was supposed to be like a allegory for apartheid, mm -hmm. but I not being South African, I didn't get it. Fair. Your least favorite YouTube channel for $10 says, Speaking of flying, lucid dreaming is a practice. Wormholes remind me of planning for a goal. Gamma waves? Question mark, question mark, question mark. I'll race you to the nearest black hole trifecta. Sounds great. I'm in. There's a lot of words. <laughs> it was like, it was like I, 
Xavier's response to me about like the yeah. editing and like color correcting. Yeah. I sent him this long text. It's like, hey, like just so you know, I like you know, I, I underexposed so that way you could like bump the uh, all this or whatever. And the only thing I got back was, wow, none of those words are in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably true. Yeah, I don't considering think... the Bible came out before cameras. Yes. Fun fact. Yes. I finished that Thomas Jefferson book mm -hmm. this weekend. And uh, and exactly what was Thomas Jefferson uh, known for a little bit? Mm, yeah. Uh, so aside from the point that I was about to make, uh, good old Jeffy Boy. I have the picture here, actually. And so I can read the quote. Uh, Uno momento, por favor, mi amigos. That was the worst Spanish anyone has ever said. Uh, the quote is... Uh, the inexact state of knowledge at the time and the speculation arising led to a good deal of partisan ridicule from the Federist side. Jefferson... Federalist. Did I not say Federalist? Said Federist. No, my bad. I dropped a couple letters there. Jefferson was portrayed as a crackpot, believing in mythical animals and the existence of giants and monsters. In fact, he did not entirely disbelieve in some rumors from the interior. Roosevelt also was... Uh, a little bit uh, superstitious about Bigfoot. The cool Roosevelt, not the boring Roosevelt in the wheelchair who put Japanese people into concentration camps. Yeah, that's, an, that's no good. No matter how many times we refer to them as internment camps, it does not change the fact that they were concentration camps. No, it does not. Uh, but yeah, so Jefferson believed in giants and yep. things of rumored to be in the American interior. All right, what was the other thing you were going to say? Uh, the other thing was uh, that I was going to say was related to Jefferson that was about something. Uh, finish the book. I uh, guess it wasn't that important. Uh, PumpkinBear749 says, I saw a dog cryptid when I was 10 and I was living in Oregon. I don't mind sharing the story. I'm trying to figure out what I saw back then. Shoot, shoot an email to lorelogicgmail.com. Please do. I know I keep saying that to people and then not actually answering them, but I. We'll get the, the semester ends this this week, and then I will have a lot more time. Priority number one is go through email account and Patreon messages. Yeah. Um, you're a good boy. How many dogs? How many? How many dogs would do this? Not many. He's just vibing. What a good boy. He is so happy. Um, but that is another thing that we can actually probably mention uh, now that uh, teasers have been released on Twitter. Uh, keep an eye on Wendigoon's channel. Yes. In the coming, uh, like, probably two weeks. And our channel, because we're going to have something as well. But uh, nice. we got something fun coming. Yes. I haven't seen any of the teasers, but I'm excited. He's so he's so done with me. Yep. I love this animal. It's hard not to. I love this animal. He's so good. <laughs> he said she emailed us a year ago and hasn't heard back. Are you sure you haven't heard back? Well, you've heard back, just not in the email. Yeah, not via email. Um. Okay. Oh, and uh, for those of you who are in the chat but not in uh, the Discord, should probably grab a link to the Discord for everybody. Yep. Oh, but uh, wait, unless did... one of the mods wants to send it, because did... it's going to take me a second to get Discord open. You... Installing update one of fifteen. <laughs> yeah, is if you can send a link to the Discord. <laughs> did you by chance look at that document? Uh the rubric. 
Now, I will. I keep saying I will. You know I have papers due in two I days. No, it's a page. It's like half a page. I will look at it tonight okay. before you leave. We're going to put out a rubric for the essays. And hopefully get that done soon. I am going to commit war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Discord's tough. Is are you going to send a link? Because I went, I went to get one, and it wouldn't. It, that I have to log into Discord again. Yeah. I, I, oh, I actually, yes. Yeah, TFA. Link, yeah. Oh, cool. Can I pin that from here? Or do I have to go into the? I can pin it. Oh, right. Never mind. Uh, pins not options. Pins not an option. Maybe I'm the only one with that option. That. Maybe I'm special like that. Hmm. Hmm. I can see. Ah, where'd it go? Imagine not being me. Get got. That's all I can imagine. Get swifty. Gotta get swifty in here. I was gonna put you down, but I guess you don't feel like doing that. You have that. liquid coming out of your nose, sir. Yeah, that happens. Oh. It might drip on you a little bit. It's there. okay if you drip. I spilled coffee on this shirt earlier. You want to get down? You want to get down? You want to go see? You go hang out with Charmander? Good boy. All right. Good night. With that, it is eight thirty-four. Uh, it said you're definitely special. I don't know who that was addressed at. War crimes in Minecraft. <laughs> it's been a lot of those. There's been a lot of war crimes. It's not a war crime if it's the first time. That, nah, because the Holocaust was a war crime. And it was also the first time they did that. Well, it wasn't the first genocide. But it was the first Holocaust. Yeah. It was absolutely not the first time they tried to do it to the Jews either. No. But on that scale. Yes. People just try, keep trying to murk the Jews. People really hate Jewish people for some reason. I, I, gotta, I gotta ask the question. If you're supposed to be the master race why are you having such a hard time getting rid of the Jews like have you considered that you're not that maybe you're just like German what was that one <laughs> that's a psychological phenomenon as well like yeah we're 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 absolutely you know God's chosen we just can't get rid of the people who claim to be God's chosen <laughs> It's not a war crime if it's against the French. True. Fair. Uh, hang on. There is a... It's not a war crime if it's against the French, because the French aren't people. <laughs> French people is an oxymoron. I don't know what the French would qualify as. Um, Archie, what you doing? Also, I hope Morocco beats France. I don't know about y'all if you're paying attention to the World Cup, but... Why do French tanks have rearview mirrors? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Uh... 
Okay. All right. Yeah. So it's it was the Fessinger example where um, a psychologist went to a cult where they were planning to be essentially evaporated and the world was going to die and they were going to ascend into some essentially equivalent of heaven. Um, and when that obviously didn't happen, uh, everybody just believed more. And it was an, exam an example of cognitive dissonance in the sense of you hold two conflicting beliefs at the same time. One of them is inevitably going to win because um, it creates like this weird rift in your brain. And so for them to find cerebral center, essentially, they just doubled down on the belief. It was, oh, this excuse must have happened and that's why it didn't work. Mm -hmm. So it's going to happen next time. And it just kind of kept happening like that. Wait, so what this experiment showed is that if you pay somebody $20 for something, they're more likely to uh, do it than if you pay them one? Uh, no, that's a different thing. Uh, okay. That, that was a different experiment. Gotcha. Yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, um, that, was, that was something Festinger did. Yeah, fair. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've discussed oh, war crimes speech. and cognitive dissonance... Um, what was the name? I think, it, I think it's time to end the show. I think we're right. Yeah, we will be back next week. We were actually, we had a different topic planned for tonight and decided to uh, push it to next week so we can complete more research. Yep. Which is why you got something that was so out of left field. Because yep. <laughs> we'd like to be thorough. But yeah, the, the one we're doing a video on is uh, something that we're quite passionate about. So we want to make sure that we really get the, uh, get all the details right and uh, give you guys the full story. I, uh, you know, so next week we're going to be covering the uh, the missing and uh, missing and murdered indigenous women phenomenon. Yep. I have a good amount of notes, but we we wanted to do a little bit more for it. So you guys are going to be getting a video on that uh, Friday. Probably. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah, you guys will be getting a video on that Friday and then a podcast on it Sunday. Uh, and then just a heads up: Christmas is on a Sunday this year, right? Correct. Uh, we will not be doing the stream on Christmas because it will be Sunday. Yep. Uh, New Year's Eve. It's also a Sunday. Is it a Sunday? No, it's on. It's a Friday. Sun Saturday. New Year's Eve is a Saturday. Oh, New Year's Day is Sunday. Yeah. Right. New Year's Eve is in the air. If we do it, it'll probably be like a lore lounge thing where yeah. we'll probably just set the mic in here with a bunch of chairs and have a rotating cast of characters coming yep. in to hang. Um, which I think would be fun. Yeah. yeah I Honestly, dude, I I'm gonna sound old as hell, but I don't know if I'm feeling the bars this this year for, for New Year's Eve. Like maybe. Yeah. But... All right. So yes, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Uh, we will see you next weekend. <laughs>